Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that always respects the cuticle, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live. Most Fridays are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he brought a vanilla candle because it's a game changer. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. I've got to get rid of that Amazon subscription. Ahoy! And each week, we will chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. We warned him if he came on the podcast, it might change his entire life. It's Dom Fisher! I left the ghost downstairs, you know. He told me he had to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dom, good to have you back, man. Uh, excited to talk a couple movies with you and you as well, Andrew. We are going to chat about Haunted Mansion, which is in theaters, and They Cloned Tyrone, which came out on Netflix. Uh, and then we'll do a little bit of a best ever challenge on haunted house movies, movies that have a haunted house in them. And, of course, we'll do some buried treasure as well. Uh, No reason to wait uh, other than to just briefly say uh, all of us have had our Summer Sum Games picks uh, absolutely destroyed by a a little pink doll uh, who is going to be the number one movie of the summer. Uh, So... With that in mind, uh, you can check out your scores for the Summer Sum Game at SifPop.com. Just click on Summer Sum Game Scores, and you can be depressed with the rest of us. Uh, and with see Barbie, if I'm in uh, last place. Um, yeah, you, you might still be near last place, at least. Uh, all right, now we can get into it. Let's chat a little bit about Haunted Mansion. When my son and I moved in here, it wasn't as warm as we hoped. Okay, I'm gonna light a vanilla candle, and it's gonna be a game changer. And after midnight, the house comes alive. This place is haunted! We need your help. It's time to assemble the dream team. We find someone who can communicate with these ghosts. People used to eat here. I told you she's good. Oh, it's a dining room. A woman and her son enlist a motley crew of so-called spiritual experts to help her rid their home of supernatural squatters. It's, of course, based on the Disney ride because it's not enough for Disney to make live action remakes of their animated movies. They also want to make remakes of their rides. It's also not the first time they've done this. This is their second attempt at making a Haunted Mansion movie. The first one with great Eddie Murphy. Uh, if you remember that one from back in the day. This one stars Lakeith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Jamie Lee Curtis, Danny DeVito, and Jared Leto. Um, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, you first. It was just okay. It was okay. Dom, what do you think? Um, I'm on the low side of like. Mm, low side of liked it. Uh, I as well. Dom, am going to join you on the low side of liked it. I actually enjoyed this movie. Um, tell me some of the things you liked about it, Dom. Uh, I think the for one, it's always I'm always gonna be a little biased when 
there's something that involves like Keith Stanfield. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. He's one of my favorites. Um, but I think the main thing for me was this kind of felt like it took you back a little bit to what movies for families or kids were kind of were. They were a little more um, put together, a little more adult, I guess, if you will, because this uh, dealt a lot with grief. Mm-hmm. And we don't really see that with family movies anymore. It kind of skirts around things or has to have some kind of giant metaphor. And this one was very straightforward with this person is sad, doesn't know how to deal with uh, these emotions. And then, you know, we see how it plays out. There's also a little bit of goofiness to it that kind of feels a little old school too um which uh i think may determine how much you enjoy it or not you know because i know that that for some people especially the modern aesthetic really leans toward authenticity um what's interesting to me is you bring up lakeith stanfield and i think he's the best part of the movie i think he's giving an incredible performance in this And I think what his performance does is it shows that authenticity doesn't have to be uh, mutually exclusive from goofiness. This movie can be goofy and still hit you with some feels and some authenticity as well. Now, I don't know that all of it works, but I know most of the Lakeith stuff does. And I think it's just because he is really connecting to this performance in, uh, I think, a a really beautiful and interesting uh, way. So I think he does amazing stuff here. Yeah, and it definitely, for for me, the part of it uh, hits home a little harder for me because, you know, we kind of have this um, kind of stepfather role thing that kind of comes into play. Mm -hmm. You know, I had my uh, stepson with me during the, screening and while our um connection didn't start the same by any means but it is kind of good to see that um because this is it happens in real life we do have you know unconventional families Mm -hmm. come together and it was it was really cool to see that the other thing one of the other things i really liked uh was chase dylan who plays travis the kid um i think he does a really good job here i think he delivers some of the funniest moments of the movie some of his lines um you know we mentioned the candle line about uh you know that's going to be a game changer and the way he delivers is it though is just it's (laughs) one of the best parts of the movie and there are those moments where I'm just like, oh, good, you know, because a lot of times the kid can be kind of the fly in the ointment sometimes because you never know what you're going to get. But I feel like Chase really kind of brings it here and, and does a good job. What do you think about his performance? Yeah, I think I thought he was great. I thought he like kids don't always get represented in the best way, like mm-hmm. how kids actually are. And the fact that he's like the. He's he doesn't you know he doesn't really fit in, but it's not for the typical reasons. It's that like he's an overachiever. He wants everyone to like him, and there's yeah. a lot of that where you're like, I just want people to like me. But sometimes that pick me is a, is a turn off to people. And but you know that reassurance that no, like be you, you're a great person, and those who um, flock to you, those are the ones you want around you. I also felt like the movie. Uh did a a pretty good job with finding effects that felt tone appropriate. Yeah. 
So, so like the effects in this are also a little bit goofy. I don't think they're meant to be, you know, totally realistic or totally scare us in any kind of big way, but they are, um, but they are their own thing. So, uh, they don't feel out of place in the movie at all. Did you see that? Definitely like, yeah, it's definitely like, you know, if you're really young, oh, it's scary, but it's not that scar you scary. It's not. Oh my God, I'm gonna have <laughs> nightmares for a week. It's like the oh, that's kind of creepy, and then you look at it and you go, oh, it's not that creepy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about uh, what about you, Andrew? What is uh, what are some of uh, some of your thoughts on the movie? Well, um, I was surprised by the emotional uh, impacts that this movie had on me. Mm-hmm. For instance, this movie deals with. Uh, Obviously, it deals with death, but it also deals with moving on from death mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, accepting loss and uh, grieving. The mourning process in general is very prevalent in this film. And I think it's handled very maturely, especially for a Disney movie that I think is primarily targeted for kids. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a true pro because I don't know if it's too heavy for some of the younger audience to understand, but definitely the parents that go. We'll get a a reality check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Um, I also I didn't mention uh, Dan Levy, Rosario Dawson, Winona Ryder also showing up uh, in this movie. I love that they have these little moments. It's interesting with Winona Ryder being in kind of a haunted movie and also in Stranger Things. She kind of carries that baggage with her now, which I find interesting. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I wanted to talk about, and this and uh, this I, will have a different amount of impact on different people. I think your level of familiarity with the original ride will impact how much you like this movie. I found myself enjoying this movie more because of all the little winks and nods to the original oh, ride. Really? The the haunted uh, the other haunted mansion movie, the Eddie Murphy one, doesn't do that as well. There are a couple things, but this one has a bunch it's got the entire room you stand in at the beginning is this room actually stretching like it's got that that whole thing all those paintings are the same from the actual ride Uh, a lot of the the tombstones that this shows are from the actual ride and the movie actually gives a reason why they're funny um which i i found interesting as well uh there the set design is so much like the stuff you see uh when you're taking the ride whether it be from the way the ghosts are interacting within the dining room whether it be uh the uh madame leota stuff or the floating stuff like it all just feels like stuff that's directly from the original haunted mansion ride and i have such memories ingrained in me from childhood of you know going on that ride so many times that uh that it just i couldn't help but smile and and like that stuff did you guys notice any of that stuff are you all that familiar with the uh the ride at disney world and disneyland never ridden it me neither (laughs) wow interesting okay all right that blows my mind a little bit, but yeah. But I did hear that. Can't though, go to Disneyland on a whim, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> That's so many states away. It's true. It is true. It's a few states away. That's true. That's true. What were you saying, Dom? Oh no, but I was just gonna just echo what you said. I had seen online that um, people were saying the same thing that uh, you know it's just like the ride, and I was like, oh, that makes me kind of want to go on that ride now. I'm curious <laughs> to see what it's like. But you know, me too, actually. 
the the Disney's are expensive, so if they want to, <laughs> they are. Do we get they to ride throw your boy a bone? <laughs> <laughs> do you we'll get do, to ride a chair? Like we'll do a uh, we'll do a Sif Pop Disney uh, Disney broadcast or something. <laughs> Have everybody go now. Right. Yeah, yeah. It I'm is. I'm not saying no. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else do you guys want to talk about? Good or bad? What What are some more of your thoughts on this movie? I, I enjoyed uh, Tiffany Haddish. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, she's always been somebody I thought was funny, whether people like her or not. She is, and I think what makes her funny to me and a lot of other people who find her funny is that she reminds you of somebody that you know. Now that could go against her for her, depending on the the movie. But um, just like her, always kind of adding something to the very background. It's kind of indistinct; you almost can't hear it. But it's just that extra, like, nah, you, don't, you ain't gonna do that to me, or just those little things. Like that's what kind of pushes some of these scenes over the top for me. And she just, I think, naturally is a goofy person. Naturally, can be over the top and make it feel natural and mm-hmm. i feel like that's what exactly where her character was was kind of um it's kind of like watching um like uh almost like watching a drag show it was like this is my character and i'm gonna turn it up to 10 mm-hmm. yeah i yeah, see that sense. andrew some thoughts i love the costume design and I, and the set design uh the set design i felt like i knew like I know the house changes, you know, it physically changes, but I felt like I had a pretty good idea of like where everything was laid out. So the movie did a good enough job explaining initially the layout of this house so I could follow everything. Granted, like we said, hallways stretch and they, they warp and stuff like that. But for the most part, um, yeah, it was, it was very well shot movie. Cool. Uh, we've only said positive things. Does anybody have anything negative to say about Haunted Mansion? Danny DeVito felt like he was just thrown in there. Like, yeah. I'll, I, I'm. It sounds weird because he f- is so much of a Frank Reynolds in this movie <laughs> that uh, he. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like everybody felt like they had a really you know well thought out character, but Danny DeVito was thrown in, kind of. Which he's he got laughs. Don't get me wrong. It's just it felt like he was an unfinished character. Yeah, he didn't feel he didn't feel like the same amount of the team as everybody else did. Like he felt mm-hmm. like a periphery uh, to that, and that's okay. The movie can do that, but it was weird that the movie didn't feel like it really gave a reason for. It. Like the, the, we don't yeah. have a reason to un- understand why he's periphery other than a little bit of oh that guy's nuts uh yeah. you know kind he's of old. eye rolls yeah he's <laughs> yeah. old and crazy and that's just that's not enough reason that's that's a reason he should be more on the team for the audience right <laughs> we want him more on the team for the audience because of that um so yeah that i agree that was a, a little interesting any other negatives yeah cuz this movie starts off with the worst pickup line of all time <laughs> Which was, do you want my drink? Never in the history of the world has a man walked up to a woman and she's tried to order drink and and gone. And the dude says, here, you can have mine. And that work out. Okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, I really, I genuinely was waiting for her to say something. Like when she said, how about we share it? I thought she was going to follow that up with, and you go first. Like, you yeah. know, like, there's <laughs> like, yeah, there was a, a little bit of obliviousness to uh, what a terrible situation that is. I guess you have to look like is. Lakeith Stanfield to get away with that. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Yeah. And I wish Handsome they would have, uh, I wish they would have kind of. We could have saw more of the his uh, the science aspect of his character to kind of make yeah. us really feel like oh like th- he's that guy, but we didn't fully get it. We just heard him spout off some some lingo, some terms, talk about some formulas, and then it was like oh he's a genius, I guess. It and was re- it. it was really weird because I thought we were setting up a Mulder Scully kind of thing with a believer yeah. and a non-believer. In the movie, yeah. doesn't go yeah. there at all. Like it just doesn't have time for that. And like the idea that that his science would be a uh, in, in opposition to paranormal sciences is never even explored. Um, you know, I, it was it just it seemed weird to me not to address that at all. So I totally agree with that. Um, that was a very strange part of the movie for me. Yeah, I also think that we could have got more of Lakeith's character been with uh, his wife. You know, just to really, you know, build up the emotions between, you know, the love between those two characters. Yeah. I I also felt like this movie was pretty transparent uh, as far as where the plot was hey. going and what was going to happen. I think you uh, mean translucent. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like it was one of those things where the, the setups and, and the setups and payoffs weren't terrible they were just obvious to me and so Hmm. that that kind of uh ran against it a little bit for me but other than that i I really enjoyed it um what else do you guys have to say any other things before we move on oh i do i do i think one of the best things of the film was they didn't lean into as much as i thought but i do love that um the rhythm and soul of New Orleans was kind of more alive in sure, this one. Sure, we get the you know the shots of like the short lines walking down the street, and if you didn't know if you can go to New Orleans, you can get a um, your own parade ran- any random day if you go to the police station, pay like two hundred bucks. But that the music, the the kind of the wardrobe, um, it was it was cool to see that that the first film <clears throat> didn't really do it all. I didn't sing a single fleur de lis. I don't know if that was really New Orleans <laughs> or not. Not not a single beignet. What's going on? <laughs> not a, not a single alligator on a stick. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, any final thoughts, Andrew? Uh, no post-credit scene. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah, I, my only final thoughts are that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis can do no wrong. Um, she was she was giving. Oh, yeah. Barely anything to do in this movie and still somehow stole my heart. So uh, love you, Jamie Lee. Um, All right. Let's move on to our next review uh, out on Netflix. Let's talk a little bit about They Cloned Tyrone. Everything okay in there, baby? I'm just an average man with an average life. Where the money at? I'm an entrepreneur. I work in the spirit of the pimp game. You know your girl gotta know what's going on in these streets. That's the car right there. Shit, they got an elevator in this bitch. Slick, come on. 
that make your spider senses tingle? A series of eerie events thrust an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy lurking directly beneath their neighborhood. Jamie Foxx and John Boyega and Tyona Paris all uh, coming together to be the, the main stars of this. Kiefer Sutherland also uh, appearing in there as well. Um, what did you guys think of They Clone Tyrone? Uh, Dom, why don't you kick us off? Uh, I love this one. And this I is, loved uh, it. Yeah, this has climbed uh, to my top ten, maybe closer to my top five. Nice. Andrew, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I really liked it. Uh, I can't commit to love because I have some issues with it, but I will say that I really like this movie. Uh, Andrew, I am joining you on the high side of liked it. Couldn't quite find my way into loved it, but um, but really did enjoy this movie. So, Dom, you liked it the most, so talk a little bit. What are some of the things you love about They Clone Ty- Tyrone? So, uh, the biggest thing for me is that this film, uh, it really leans into this conspiracy theory that's always kind of been lingering within the black community mm-hmm. that oftentimes isn't quite conspiracy because it we have heard of like things like the Tuskegee Project and so all sorts of things like this and the fact that it is it flips some of these stereotypes it does give a message to people um, that like hey don't be that stereotype as well you know if you are like leaning into the dope boy life or the pimp life or the the pro life like is telling you like you're feeding into what you they want you to do to continue to destroy your neighborhood. Um, I really love the kind of Scooby-Doo, Nancy Drew aspect of it. Um, Jamie Foxx, I'm glad that he's been able to like be fully himself in some of his newer, more recent roles. Like the the lingo and the way he delivers his lines is some of the best that like in the film. Like he's my I, I love John Boyega. I think he fully committed to this role, did great. But Jamie Foxx with just these one liners were hilarious. Um, and then Tiana Paris is like really impressed me and everything uh, I continue to see her in. Um, but yeah, I mean this is a movie I watched. I watched back to back. I uh, then I watched it with my wife. Like it's. I don't, and and this, I think there's something to it too. Also, that a lot of films that are uh, black-led films, it almost feels like the dialogue feels um, foreign. And in this one, it felt more authentic. It felt more natural. It didn't seem like people were scared to say things the way that they're said in in, in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a level of authenticity that um, really uh, let it shine through for me. Nice. Uh, Andrew, some thoughts. This movie's directed by uh, Joel uh, Taylor. Is that how you say their name? Joel? I think so. <clears throat> okay. You could have told me this movie was directed by Nicholas Winding Refn for all the neon lighting that was around everywhere. <laughs> um, I will say this. The first 15 minutes of this movie, I can't remember being so captivated by the first 15 minutes of a movie in a long time. Like... Going all the way up to uh, <clears throat> right after we meet Jamie Foxx's character in the motel. And then what happens in the parking lot. That whole sequence, primo. I mean, that is some A top tier directing right there. That was intense. It was suspenseful. Like I was white knuckling my chair watching that whole sequence. 
Because there's <clears throat> there's a sequence where John Boyega is just sitting in his car looking in the rear view mirror. And it goes on for like 30 seconds. And the entire time, I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen. Something insane is about to happen, and I don't know if I'm ready for it. And I wasn't. <laughs> I'll just say that. Uh, so this movie definitely knows how to build tension. And it knows how to grab you immediately right from the start, too. Yeah, I, right from the beginning, um, really fell in love with the aesthetic of what they were trying to do here. And as it revealed itself further, it impressed me more and more because this is a... This is a really deep, introspective, and interesting movie. The more you think about it, and it takes the entire aesthetic of the black exploitation era, makes that primary. This feels even like it could be like from the black exploitation era. But not only does it use that aesthetic, it then comments on that aesthetic and says, "Okay, there's almost a purpose." here of what's being done to us and how we speak and what our roles are and who does that serve and you know um the idea of uh racial cloning is is really interesting in the perspective of this movie thinking about the metaphor for itself what does this movie have to say uh about these kind of stereotypes or these kind of people what have movies in the past had to say about these kind of stereotypes or the black community so it's it's one of one of those really interesting movies that finds a way to comment on itself and also be an interesting uh, plot and story even beyond all that. So I really found all of that impressive. That's why I like this movie the most is just, I think it's saying something really interesting and deep. I'm not sure I'm even chewing on all of it. It is certainly a movie that um, that uh, I have a, a lot more to think about and also a, uh, a little bit of a barrier to entry just because I'm not in the black community. It is not a, a place that I live, a place that I often exist. And so a lot of those jokes seem really, uh, really funny, but also they make me nervous. They make me anxious. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it just, am I, am, am it, is it okay for me to laugh at this? Right, like, right, you know, right. all that stuff is happening during this movie. And I just, I give the movie a lot of respect for being bold like that and being uh, willing to go there. Um, does that make sense? Did what I say make sense? Yeah. I mean, and I think that's what, uh, that Taylor was able to do, he was able to kind of say, this movie is going to be unapologetically black, but it's also an open door to say, hey, come and kind of look and see how we, we you see us and also how we see ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's certain things where you go, hey, this is bad. And, and then we go, hey, we know it's bad. We don't know why this is taking place or this is this person or they're set up for this life because of the situation they grew up in or... Right. Cloning, possibly. Well, the cloning know. is, it seems to be representation of a cycle, right? Like the cycle yeah. that you just can't get, the poverty cycle, whatever that cycle yeah. is, that, that it's so hard to escape. That's what the cloning seems to represent. If, yeah, I, if I'm picking uh, up on it correctly. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a line that it really like stuck with me, and it's the assimilation is better than annihilation. Mm. Because when you, when you, especially if you grow up in an area like that, um, that it kind of, once you, you put a tie on or you go to get this corporate job or something, you get called a sellout and then you kind of have this like conflicted feeling of, do I try to better myself or am I supposed to stay, you know, grounded or real mm -hmm. to where I grew up when we know like, 
I don't, it's not great here. There's people dying and all these drugs and things like that. But it is a cycle that is like, well, if it's a food desert and all we have these certain types of foods to eat, we're not being healthy. How do we get money if the jobs are not in our area? So it, there's, it's a lot of like commentary that is done in a way that is um, easier to talk about through the film than it would be to have an open conversation with some strangers. Sure. Uh, more thoughts. Andrew, you haven't talked in a while. I cannot believe how quickly Teona Paris has taken over my entertainment. Like, every single time I see her in something, I'm like, you're amazing. You need to be in everything. And I, I can't wait to see her in the Marvels. She's she's going to kill it. as She has been killing it as Monica Rambeau. Uh, but no, her character, I think, is my favorite character in this entire movie. Um, each each uh, character is very much their own distinctive persona. Like you know, you have the the timid pimp in Jamie Fox, or the the cold bloodedness of John Boyega. But I think that Tiana Paris is Tiana Tiana. I'm so sorry if I'm if I'm butchering her name. Tiana. Okay. Uh, her character is. I think the most intriguing and I think she's the one that pushes the narrative. She's not the main character. I think that's obviously John Boyega, but she's the one who's like driving the, uh, the motivation for everybody. Like without her really wanting to solve everything, this movie doesn't happen. And her tenacity is just so fascinating because she wants to be Nancy Drew. And when she puts on that trench coat and that hat, I was like, ah, I'm in love with this woman. (laughs) I was trying to remember uh, where I had seen uh, Jail Fawn's Nic- uh, Nicholson before, and it's because he was in the White Man Can't Jump movie that came out uh, this year as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I enjoyed his performance in this as well. Um, I think Kiefer Sutherland is chewing scenery. Like, I think he's, uh, you know, of... Uh, I'm evil. Look how <laughs> evil I am. <laughs> like, what's he doing with that voice? Like, I was like, oh, that's that's not Kiefer's voice. What's, what's going on here? But I didn't I'm mind it. I, thought it. I thought it played into the movie really well. I thought it was, you know, kind of what the movie uh, needed it to be. What did you guys think of Kiefer? He uh, kind of felt like he was supposed to be the man, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. if you watch like Black Black Dynamite or anything like that, like he's usually the character that you hear talking, but you never see his face. You just see like his hands or him pointing like, you got to stop them from doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like <clears throat> that scene, I really did like that scene because it, 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 it that did play on the whole duality of what is going on. It was like, you know, yeah, we are in control, even though you think you're in control. And you go, yeah, that's how it feels. Like, I feel like I'm trying to better myself, but then, you know, I get knocked back to certain levels. And so it it, it felt weird at first because I, when, as soon as, you know, you figure out that he's not who you think he is. And then, uh, but I, I really enjoyed him in there. I don't know uh, if anybody else would feel that comfortable <laughs> to deliver those lines, except for maybe Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely think it was necessary, though. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do uh, let's do our our last things. Um, Andrew, what's uh, what uh, is your final thing that you want to say about this movie? Uh, I want to say what's keeping me from loving it, and it's that I think that the movie doesn't wrap up like the the third act kind of falls a little flat for me. Um, 
like it kind of didn't really uh, get the best landing ever, but it it's still a fascinating movie up until that point. That was that's just where the movie lost me. Yeah, I actually that was going to be my one last thing as well. Uh, I think it I think it could have finished stronger. Um, and I the movie feels like it's almost a victim of its own momentum. It has so much momentum, like a like you know how on a merry-go-round people fly off the edge. Like this movie feels like a really fast merry-go-round where you're having a great time and then you just f- fly off the edge at the end. Like it doesn't and and that's not necessarily a terrible thing. Like it you know it just it's. <clears throat> Not my preference. I like, I like especially these kind of movies to feel a little more solid with the resolution and kind of what they're doing. Having said that, I like the way it kind of has a double ending. I, I think the the secondary ending is almost almost a negative in that I wanted more. Like I, I kind of <laughs> like it wasn't enough uh, that double ending, but um, but yeah, Sequel it was baiting. interesting at least. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I guess the other thing I would mention is this would make a, a pretty amazing double feature with Sorry to Bother You. Um, I swear, <laughs> I, I, after I watched this movie, I had to look up to see if it was directed by the same guy or written yeah. by the same guy. Yeah. Uh, Dom, what's your uh, what's your one last thing? I would just say that I know there's people that are like see it the way it looks, maybe a trailer, and I'd be hesitant because they feel like they can't relate. But I promise you that it's very more eye opening that you uh, than you think it is. For anybody with uh, an empathy dial, um, you can always find your way into a movie, um, yep. and it doesn't have to be about you to impact you um and that is something we firmly believe uh here so i agree all right uh let's move on to the best ever challenge but before we do thank you to our sif pop members appreciate mm-hmm. you guys supporting what goes on here if you're curious about what that looks like you can go to patreon.com slash sift pop uh andrew uh, hosts a pre-show every week for you guys uh this week we did kind of mid-year awards so we talked about our favorites and least favorites from the first half of 2023. Uh, you can check that out at patreon.com slash sifpop, and thank you for doing so. All right, uh, let's go into the best, best ever challenge. Best ever haunted house movies. I believe uh, what I said in the email was, a building in the movie must be haunted. That is that is the key. You can st- probably stretch this to include movies people might not think about. Um, I don't believe I stretched this too far, but uh, we shall see. We'll go number five to number one. If you have it higher than someone else, make sure you let me know so that we can... Trump! We can trump that and wait until whoever has it highest... Uh, gets the first crack at talking about it. So, best ever haunted house movies. Andrew, you're going to start. What's your number five? Going to start off with Beetlejuice. Mm, nice. Trump. Uh-huh. Hey. <laughs> Look at that already. Dom, what's your number five? Uh, number five is Monster House. Trump. Good start. Good start here, guys. Good start. We're doing well. We're picking good ones. Uh, My number five is The Others. (laughs) Trump. (laughs) Okay. All right. On to our number fours. Andrew, what is your number four? Evil Dead. Which one? The original one. 
Trump. <laughs> Does anybody know the record for the most it consecutive first, like off the bat? Like, I'm pretty sure we did four in a row. Like right and off I, the bat, like started yeah. with four. Okay, all right. Well, then, Dom, it, it's on you. You can break the record here with a fifth Trump in a row. What is your number four? My number four is Beetlejuice. Oh, uh, all right. No record broken. Still four is the record. We, we tied, though. Uh, okay, Beetlejuice. Let's talk about it. So you have it the highest, uh, Dom. So tell us a little bit about what you love about Beetlejuice. Um, this is... Uh, I feel like this is a quintessential, like, growing up, you have to watch this movie. Um, you have your, your poster sad girl, uh, who I feel like my wife is very reminiscent of this person and that maybe Lydia was, I, she stuck in my brain and I was like, you know what? I'm marrying her. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, Keaton is, is great. This is, um, one movie that I feel like you always go back to. Um, I don't want a sequel. I think it should be left alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's goofy. It's weird. It's kind of spooky. It's out there. It, it's one of those ones that um, it's for the weirdos, and and if you're not a weirdo, then you think that the ones who love it are a weirdo. I mean, it's just it's a great film, uh, and it's definitely a, a yearly Halloween uh, watch in my house. Uh, it is official. Dom does not want to see Beetletoos. Uh, so uh, talk about it, Andrew. Uh, you had it on your list at number five. Well, too bad, Dom, because we're getting Beetlejuice 2 next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is, we talk about chewing scenery all the time. Michael Keaton is chewing scenery. And this is coming from somebody who's not really a fan of Tim Burton. Like, I uh, it, I like, like, Big Fish. Like, his movies, whenever they're more fantastical, but whenever the movies like... Uh, Edward Scissorhands or Frankenweenie, any of those. It's just he's he's not my director. I'm not saying that he's there's anything wrong with him. I mean, everybody just has different taste. But for some reason, Beetlejuice, man, this is just there's something about it that's just fun. It's fun. The the set design makes sense because it's in the model that's in the attic, you know. So it the the wackiness really makes sense for this movie. Yep, I had it in my honorable mentions. I think it's a good choice. Nicely done. All right, let's continue on with my number four, which also will not get trumped because this is where I have Monster House. Um, so we can talk about that now. Yeah, I really, really like Monster House. This was this was a, a, a animated film. I think I saw it in 3D. I think it was a big 3D film when it came out. And I just remember thinking how clever it was, how fun it was, how interesting it was. And unlike many kids' movies that deal with spooky things, it didn't really pull its punches either. The house is scary. This house is really scary. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoy Monster House. Uh, talk about it a little bit, Dom. You had it on your list at number five. Yeah, um... <laughs> When I see houses now, I can't help but see a face it, because mm-hmm. of this movie. It's just, I, I believe it came out when I was maybe 19, 18. And um, yeah, it's one of those ones you don't expect for it to be as kind of spooky as it is. It, you know, it's animated and you go, oh, this is for kids. But 
the the animation looked great and the voice acting was great but yeah it was legitimately a spooky movie and it was very surprising it's a lot of fun um and it's almost one of the ones where if a kid chooses it depending on their age you might go uh this this wait a year or two for you to pick this one up it might get you yeah yeah um all right that is monster house on to our number threes andrew what do you got number three i have the others Mm, nice go for it talk about it i'm not really i should i I should have said this whenever we were talking about uh haunted mansion i'm not really a ghost guy i don't like ghost stories they they do creep me out i don't it's weird i don't believe in ghosts but they still creep me out if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah there's just something about the others it's just the way it shot this uh Vic, it had the, has this victorian feel to it even though it's you know taking place in modern times uh it's it's just a great twist and uh yeah nicole kidman is she can she's one of the best actresses we have and that whole what are you no i am your daughter scene still creeps me out to this day yeah the old lady in the playing with dolls uh the others is just like a perfect atmosphere movie in my opinion i just this movie from beginning to end just feels like it has such a grasp on its tone and what it wants to be and the story's interesting and great like it's it really does have a nice story turn that i think makes sense and makes the movie even better so um so yeah i do i do enjoy the others quite a bit uh dom what is your number three uh, the Evil Dead. Oh, we're getting all hey. our tr- at least we're getting through all our trumps now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, Bruce Campbell was made for the this franchise. Um, but he's so his, different in that first movie. It's so different. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean the there's something about '80s horror the way that it looked. It, I mean, like today, like horror is very symmetrical it's not for, for me at least uh, symmetrical is not scary but the way that these are done with very practically those are the ones like especially the eyeballs when they uh it, those are the things that are burned into my my memory uh the heavy gore the the uh i mean this is kind of for me at least what set off the the cabin in the woods where you're like you know what <laughs> the airbnb might mm-hmm. we might need to chill out it make it a a house in a neighborhood. We're not going to some secluded uh, cabin, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the your your everything about the movie, I feel like, is something that um, is classic. You know, your your chainsaws, your your shovels, your I mean, everything about it. The and then the the necron, Necronomicon. I mean, it's in everything now. Every kind of thing with some kind of evil spirits. I feel like kind of borrows from this franchise. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's all turned up to 11. It's just pure horror camp. Yeah. Did you want to talk more about it, Andrew? You had it at your uh, number four? Yeah. um, uh, Sam Raimi knows how to do horror comedy, like where it's 90% horror and 10% comedy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you you laugh at how absurd everything is. There's like nothing's... Like straight up funny, like you do see in Evil Dead Two, or especially Army of Darkness, yeah. where he really, he really, really gets funny with those movies. Evil Dead, the first Evil Dead, is a straight up horror movie, but you you could still laugh at it by just how ridiculously over the top violent it is. 
So. Well, th- there you go. That is uh, Evil Dead in at uh, number three, Threes. right? And uh, number four for Andrew. Uh, so I think that's my number three then. Um, I have a movie called What Lies Beneath at number three. Um, this is... Really? Yeah. This is... Why do you say really? Do you not like this movie? Uh, let me make sure it's the same one I'm thinking of. Harrison Ford? Shell Pfeiffer? Oh, yeah. I do like this movie. Yeah. I, I really... I, and it wouldn't surprise me if you didn't because I know it's it's a very underrated film. A lot of people... Don't really talk about it. I think it's one of Harrison Ford's most interesting performances. Um, I think it also has a really fun story turn that makes the the movie even better. I think it also is... It's very much Robert Zemeckis channeling Alfred Hitchcock. And he does a pretty good job. He's basically just doing a Hitchcock movie here. And it kind of works. Uh, so I really enjoy What Lies Beneath. And uh, that comes in at my number three uh let's see andrew your number two we're up to our number twos nice Uh, it's gonna get trump but cabin in the woods nope oh (laughs) really i figured this would be well i let me just say my analytical brain said this isn't a haunted house movie you said a building has to be haunted correct a it's a big building yes (laughs) but is it haunted yeah i don't there think it actual, is but that's, there are actual but that's apparitions well okay so you're you're going more along the definition of what is a haunt yeah my, a, my brain couldn't get past that it's i'm trying not to give anything away with cabin in the woods because it's a great the movie reveal, that came out, but, when did this movie come out 2003 <laughs> four something like that something and we're like still that. and we're still trying to hide I spoilers think the secondary for it. stuff <laughs> makes it appear much more corporate than a haunting is is all that my brain did so i don't blame you for putting it on the list but i almost put it on mine i was thinking yeah. about it i was like i don't know yeah. all right well you uh i can't veto aaron anymore because i i already used my veto no for the vetoing year last i'm week. not vetoing this at all no i think this. i totally understand why you picked this all right well yeah cabin in the woods one of my favorite movies it's it's so just like um uh actually believe it or not just like uh, they clone tyrone cabin in the woods gives me that that happy feeling inside of oh yeah people can still come up with fresh ideas in hollywood Mm -hmm. you know and this cabin in the woods is a fresh idea there is no other movie like it. nobody can make a movie like it without being called a copycat like mm-hmm. how many offshoots have we seen of like friday the 13th or Hall- halloween you know all these they all have their similar you know tropes that they all follow but nobody can do what cabin in the woods did nobody can yeah it's really good it's definitely really good yeah. uh dom what is your number two uh, i'm sure this is gonna get Trump, uh, The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two is the only one that may stretch the category a little bit, and I totally understand if you think I cheated. Um, but I still think it's a haunted house. Uh, I went with Muppets Christmas Carol uh, at number two. I swear I was going to put this on my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was going to be number one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've talked before about how great this movie is. It is certainly in competition for the best Muppet movie, if not, uh, the best one. So, 
Um, I have a soft place for the very first Muppet movie as yeah. possibly the best, but um, but this is so good. And uh, and yeah, they're ghosts in that house. Um, yeah. But they visit him for a specific reason, but they're still in the house, so I went ahead they're, and, they are, and, and they're went with it. They're definitely haunting him. Yes. But, uh, I, but the only reason why I didn't put on my list, and I want to tell you why, is because I didn't think they were haunting the house, they were haunting him. Yes, and that's a fair distinction, I think. I think that's a fair distinction. Yeah. Anyways, I but do enjoy you, this you movie. You mentioned my all-time favorite Christmas movie and my all-time favorite Muppet movie, <laughs> well, so there there's you go. no way so I'm going to veto <laughs> there it. There you go. Uh, all right, let's get to our number ones. Uh, Andrew, I think you and I have the same number one, apparently, so go ahead yeah. and, and uh, say it, and we'll talk about it. The Shinning. Uh-huh, that's right. Yeah. The Simpsons. Uh, yeah, <laughs> The Simpsons. <laughs> Um, no, I love I love this movie. Uh, Stephen King may not, but I do. <laughs> uh, it's a it's it's such a Kubrick Kubrick film. It's it's just out there and wild, and it's a timeless horror film. It's art house horror done right. Like those three or those twin girls. It's yeah. You if you haven't seen The Shining, I really it's a very difficult movie to, you know, get people excited for. Like, oh, you want to go see a movie where uh, people in what what was it like a wolf mask and uh, do you know what I'm talking about? The wolf mask people have having sex and stuff while oh Shelley yeah Duvall's yeah hiding. yeah yeah in the room yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about this great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so much more than that, though. I mean, I know, that's just know, a part of the creepy it's tone. Weird. And it's it is weird. weird. It is definitely weird. Um, but I don't think its weirdness detracts from what it's trying to do. In fact, I think it it elevates what it's trying to do. And I'm somebody who hasn't really liked a lot of Kubrick films. Uh, but when I watched The Shining, I was really impressed. Um, and I think it's because it has such a clear forward trajectory in the movie. Like you know where you're going. You know what's. And I don't mean it's. I don't mean you can predict the ending. I just mean you know where the movie is moving you. And so many times with with Kubrick, I feel a little. Uh, nauseated by trying to figure out where I'm trying to be moved and, and what's you know going on. So, um, but yeah, I think The Shining does it really, really well. You yeah. had it at number two, Dom. What uh, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I think for me, like one of the, the I mean, this is uh, every horror fan. This is always going to be in their top uh, top five. Um, yeah. I mean, and for me, I mean, just the, the atmosphere was the biggest thing for me. Like the like the overall tone and the feeling of unease and um and a lot of just this weird aloof mystery uh and then of course you have your your iconic scenes uh that i mean i think i probably use all the time in conversation which lets you know how my conversations go with some of my friends um but no yeah it's it's great i mean it's, it's a, like you said timeless uh, a timeless uh, film and uh, one that I watched a lot later than I'm proud to admit, but I'm very glad that I did. Oh, you're in good company. I just watched it for the first time in the pandemic. So, okay. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were, we had a best ever challenge where it was uh, a sequels that had taken place like 10 years after Mm-hmm. Like the original had come out. We didn't mention Dr. Sleep, which was a very good sequel to this movie. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't I want people to know that they made a sequel to The Shining 
and it is actually a really good movie. It's nowhere. Don't expect The Shining good, but it is. It's more Stephen King than what. Uh, <laughs> here's Dommy. Thanks, Phil. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, I think that Doctor Sleep is way more Stephen King than Kubrick. I uh, I know if nothing else about The Shining, um, it has the the most famous uh, carpet design in the entire history of film. Uh, it's <laughs> it's so amazing. Uh, some honorable mentions. Uh, I have three that I could mention. What do you guys have? Well, I'll tell you what the gurus chose. Yeah, what did the gurus choose? They chose number three, Cabin in the Woods. Number two, Beetlejuice, and number one, The Shining. Hmm. Nice. Uh, Dom, did you have any honorable mentions? I have a number one. Oh, you, we haven't got your number one yet. Yeah. Oh, Dom. Oh, that's right. That's right. Shining oh, was your number two. Yeah, Dom, yeah. what so, is your number one? My number one is 2001's 13 Ghosts. Oh. oh, yeah. This is the yeah, Glass House is, one, right? Yeah. Um, I know that there's an original that I, I haven't seen, but this one... Came at the perfect time in my life uh, as a as a youngster, um, feeding into my um, crazy crazy thoughts. But Tony, I mean Tony Shalhoub, I think Shannon Elizabeth, Rod Digger, Matthew Lillard. Um, this fed into my my uh, hunger for for gore, for uh, everything that makes you feel uncomfortable. Um, the effects are great. The story's cool. Um, and it, it kind of one of those ones that lets you feed into that fear of an unknown house and what you may find inside. Um, and if you haven't seen it, it's 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 really fun. And from the beginning, it's you, you're like, what what the hell am I watching? This is crazy. And then it just gets more wild uh, as it progresses. Well, there you go. Uh, Dom's number one film is Thur 13 and Ghosts. Uh, <laughs> at least that's what the title looked like to me. Thur 13 uh, and Ghosts um, is the name of the movie. Uh, all right. Now let's talk honorable mentions. Did you have some honorable mentions, Dom? Yeah, I had two that were technically not hauntings, but they revolved around a house that... Um, they were people were being terrorized, mm-hmm. which was um, House of a Thousand Corpses and The Strangers. Okay. Uh, I have to mention The Conjuring. I think it's a really good movie and uh, certainly deserves a mention in this category. Um, I want to mention a Michael J. Fox uh, movie directed by Peter Jackson uh, in this category called The Frighteners. If you haven't seen The Frighteners, uh, it's really, really good. I would check that out. And then one that might be controversial with some, but is not controversial with me. I believe this is 100% a haunted house movie. Uh, Tar. Kate Blanchett in <laughs> Tar. Uh, so there you go. Um, all right. Uh, that'll bring us to the buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Dom, you're our guest, so you will go last. Andrew, why don't you kick us off? Uh, my buried treasure this week is not a... For everyone, I'll just get that out of the gap okay. out in the open right now. It's is there an anime. anything that's for everyone, every True. single person? True. Mm. That's a very, very good point, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I have an anime for everybody. It's called Record of Ragnarok. Mm. It's um, on Netflix. 
the basic premise is all the gods of all the different mythologies live in this realm and they're all looking down on humans and they're saying it's time for humanity to be wiped off this face of the earth they're just killing and raping and stealing they're just horrible creatures we should never have created them then it's decided that the only fair way or so that humanity has a chance to redeem themselves is in a mortal combat style tournament where <laughs> the 13 greatest uh, warriors from America or from uh, the world's history fight 13 gods. So you have like Jack the Ripper versus Hercules. You have Zeus versus Adam, Adam like from Adam and Eve or uh, Lubu, uh, King Leonidas versus Thor. You know, it's, it's it's a really cool it's a really fun premise it's a lot like the game smite if anybody plays smite like i do but um the reason why i'm saying it's not for everybody is because this first it's an anime and also it's a power-up anime so if you don't like like the dragon ball z where the entire episode is them powering <laughs> up while they while they give while they give a backstory <laughs> then you're not going to like it. I will say the first season, I watched the first two seasons in two days just because mm. I was just, I couldn't stop watching it. But I will say that the animation, they don't have a lot of money for animation. So if you're going into this, expecting something like Demon Slayer, you're not going to, you're not going to get it. But I think the story is really cool. Cool. That's record of uh, Ragnarok. That is on Netflix. Um, yes. I'll go next. I saw the Steph Curry documentary on Apple TV Plus uh, called Underrated. The the Steph Curry doc. Um, I will be upfront with you before I even say anything about this. There was no chance in the world I wasn't going to love this. I'm such a Steph Curry fan. I love how he appears to me as a human being. Again, I have never met the guy. I don't, I don't, you know, just from what I've seen, um, I, I've really, really enjoyed him and I love how he's changed the game of basketball. Um, and this documentary really focuses on his growing up in Davidson days. So like there is a little bit of NBA in here, but it is not the focus at all. Um, it is really about how he became the basketball player he was, how through his entire life he was fighting this uh, perception of not being big enough, of not being strong enough uh, to do what he does, and the key points in his basketball career uh, that led to more people being aware of him. I remember that Davidson run. Uh, I remember thinking how fun it was to see this uh, adult man who looked like a 12-year-old boy uh, absolutely lighting it up. And then I remember him coming to the NBA and just one season – just remember him breaking out with the Warriors, and it's just been fun uh, to watch him watch him go. So, I also love how this documentary pairs his career advancement with his uh, college degree. Uh, he recently finished his college degree um, as a a way to show his kids how uh, important education is, and also uh, to make his mom happy. 
So uh, really cool, really cool stuff. I highly recommend it. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, if you're not a huge basketball fan, you may not like this as much as I did. Uh, I'll let you know that. I am a huge basketball fan, and I am a Steph Curry fan, so of course I was going to love it. But I think if you like basketball and aren't a Steph Curry fan, I think there's still a lot here for you to to really enjoy. Um, so yeah, that's check it out. on Apple, correct? Correct. Apple TV plus Dom. What is your buried treasure? Well, mine is something that I actually haven't seen yet, but it's more of a reminder for myself and everyone else. But, uh, twisted metal is now streaming oh, on Peacock. Yeah. Um, I, a buddy of mine, he watched it a couple weeks ago. He said he loved the first couple episodes. I don't think he's finished it, but I believe there's 10 episodes. They're all about 30 minutes long. Peacock dropped all the episodes so you can binge them all if you want to. But for all of us that grew up playing this game uh, and, you know, big fans of uh, Anthony Mackie, I mean, I think this is going to be a fun ride. I think it's supposed to be technically more of like an action comedy. Um, We have have Will Arnett as Sweet Tooth, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't think they did a lot of promotion for it. Um, but it is something that I've been looking forward to and getting busy. I kind of forgot, but then I reminded myself yesterday and I was like, oh yeah, I, this is definitely uh, going to be a treat for the weekend. And maybe I can, uh, track down my old PlayStation and relive some, um, childhood memories. There you oh, go. Yeah. That is I was twist- always sweet tooth. Yeah, uh, I have no, I-, I have no idea what this is. I've never even heard of Twisted Metal. I am oh, so, so I'm so sheltered. Uh, Just imagine cars with guns shooting each other. That's the game. That's Call, the, of, du- that's Call of Duty with game. cars. Yeah, Call, Call of Duty, Duty with, with cars. cars. Was it on Nintendo? Sega and PlayStation. Okay, see, then that's there's your answer right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is Twisted Metal on Peacock. Uh, underrated is on Apple TV Plus, and Record of Ragnarok is on Netflix. Well, we did it, guys. We did a podcast. Woo! Yeah, dude. Thanks for being part mm-hmm. of it and, and making it all the way through to the end of the ride. Uh, we managed to make it happen, so congratulations. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. And thanks to Dom Fisher from Geek Vibes for coming and hanging out. Uh, Dom, Dom, where do you want to send people uh, online to check out more of your stuff? Um, you can go on Geek Vibes Nation for all of my written reviews. Uh, I'm going to have some TikTok ones dropping on our Geek Vibes Nation TikTok page. And then if you want to, you know, hit me in the DMs, um, Instagram at Fisher and King underscore Fish on X, Twitter. I don't know what it's called <laughs> anymore, but you know what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, I believe it is called X now. Uh, I believe that is the official name. It's uh, about to be all of our X. <laughs> that's right. Yes. <laughs> we will all now have uh, an X uh, in that way. Uh, yeah. Check out Dom's stuff. Uh, it's uh, love having you on the show, Dom. Thank you for, uh, yeah, for coming on again. Uh, much gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for making Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. You can check all that out at patreon.com slash Pop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. 
You can also email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than covering up a citywide cloning operation. We will be back next week. Uh, I think we'll do Meg 2 and TMNT. Uh, so some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and some sharks uh, next week, I believe, is on the schedule. Nice. So we will see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.